Welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Great Old Ones Gaming Podcast. I'm your innkeeper, Vase Odin, and with me today is... I am Nate, lost in time and space. And this is the first episode in a new series uh, where we will be doing reviews of different scenarios and adventures for Call of Cthulhu the role-playing game, Delta Green the role-playing game, and others. Uh, Today we're going to be reviewing a scenario that's coming out in November, and it's called PX Poker Night. We were sent an advanced copy very generously by Shane from Arc Dream Publishing. And uh, he, he just contact, contacted us and uh, asked if we wanted to review the scenario. And we said, absolutely. So without further ado, let's uh, get to it. So we'll be starting off this episode with a need to know, which is a brief summary or a synopsis of the scenario premise itself. And then from there, we'll move into a more detailed overview of the scenario itself with full spoilers and then from there we'll debrief and go over what we liked and what we didn't like about the scenario so uh px poker night is a scenario that's uh, set in a parts exchange base in nebraska the px is uh, short for parts exchange it's kind of a military term uh the scenario is meant to introduce new characters to delta green but not necessarily new players although it can work for that purpose and we're going to talk about that in a little bit So helicopters and other vehicles are dropped off at the base for future transport to other bases and like private companies that the military deals with. The soldiers that are stationed out at Platt Air Force Base are misfits within the United States Air Force. They have a long string of various misconduct charges and have perhaps done short stretches of time in the stockade. Many of them have been stationed at this Air Force Base to basically keep them out of trouble. The actual name for the scenario itself comes from comes from the personnel actually having poker nights every Friday night. Yeah, so the pretty much the only means of entertainment is this this weekly poker game that they that they get to play. Um, so the premise of the scenario uh, takes place in this in this base, and on the night of the poker game, a black van arrives with some official looking people who stand around it and flank it. And then the soldiers are told specifically not to go near the van. So a few hours later, during the poker game, some of the soldiers begin to act a little strange. And they start getting a little violent. Which then sets off a series of events that quickly devolve into a fight for survival. And a discovery of certain things that mankind was not meant to discover. So that's that's the basic premise of the scenario. Uh, it does... Uh, there, there are a lot of strange events that occur, which we're going get, to get to right now. Um, but based on this, uh, a few initial thoughts that I had on it, it, it feels like a kind of a nod to John Carpenter's The Thing with like the ideas of isolation and madness. Did you get that vibe mm, from Yeah, that? kind of. Yep. Yeah, I was also going to say, it gives me vibes of a particular X-Files episode that I feel was very inspired by At the Mountains of Madness slash Whisperer in Darkness, where the the agents are sent to a remote base in Antarctica, and they they end up finding that a group of scientists dug up, like, this old ancient, like, bug, essentially, that would, like, go into people's brains, like a tapeworm, and infect them with madness. This this scenario has very similar uh, motifs and vibe to it, I think. Yeah, but it's a story all its own um, because this eventually a complex set of conspiracies uh, involving multiple parties kind of acting in their own interests 
come to kind of a disastrous uh, clash. And uh, all of it really could have been avoided uh, if, <laughs> if all the parties had kind of communicated their intents. So in a way, it's, it's kind of a series of events that devolve be, and, and it, the whole thing could have been avoided. So that, that makes it kind of interesting and different from, uh, from most other operations for Delta Green, the role-playing game. Uh, a couple other things, the players have the option to pick pre-generated characters. They highly recommend that you pick one of the pre-generated characters. And most of them are soldiers that are stationed at the base. And they're all really fleshed out and have unique personalities. And uh, none of them have been inducted into Delta Green yet. Yeah, I believe actually all six of the pre-gens that come with the scenario are soldiers uh, stationed at the base. Yeah, so it makes sense. And then um, the the deterioration of their mental state is detailed in the adventure individually. So that's one thing that's really cool. Not only are their personalities really fleshed out, but... Um, when when they start experiencing kind of these effects uh, that occur in the adventure, uh, you're given information for the soldier that you picked as your character as to how to best role play that that descent into madness, and it gives specific times when when things happen. So it's it's really nice that that they give you that that kind of player aid in order to uh, better role play the characters out. They do also allow for a little bit of customization as well, as the characters' bonds and motivations aren't fully fleshed out, so it allows the players themselves to kind of invent those aspects of the character. So, let's go into spoiler territory, cool? Yeah, we'll go into the full mission briefing here. The, the adventure then, once the van arrives, um, the soldiers start experiencing a, a bouts of madness. The soldiers were were stationed at this isolated base because they're they're generally bad seeds in the military. Most of these soldiers have behavioral problems, uh, issues following orders. So this base is kind of like a, a last step before further disciplinary action is taken against them. So a lot of these guys don't necessarily always follow orders and that kind of stuff. Um, so when, when the madness starts happening, initially, uh, some of them might feel like, you know, it's just someone acting out or something because of the isolation. But as more and more people start experiencing these changes in personality, um, then it becomes clear that something is affecting everybody at the base. And of course, the only uh, factor that's different that's been introduced to the base is that van, that mysterious van that pulled up. So the, uh, the soldiers then at this point have to make a decision. Do they break protocol? They were told not to, not to go into the van. Do they break protocol and try to figure out what's in there and uh, possibly destroy it? Or do they just continue to descend into madness and kill each other? Um, once they make that decision, uh, th there is a chance that a lot of them could die in a firefight against the, the guards that are stationed around the van. But uh, those who survive then find this mysterious object inside the van. It's like a piece of, uh, it's like a, is it described like as an obelisk, a piece of obelisk or something? Yeah, it's, it's described as a crystalline object that, can, that basically radiates like some sort of powerful energy, whether it be nuclear or electromagnetic 
I believe it's specifically electromagnetic energy. And the device itself is actually kept in this giant, like, lead, uh, lead encased. They call it, they describe it as a coffin or something for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this, this, this device is sending out these signals and, um, eventually what, what that's doing, it's actually sending a signal to a nearby Migo colony that's on earth doing experiments on people and cows and livestock and stuff. It, it kind of alerts them. It's sent kind of as a signal to them to come and they hover with their vehicle above the base but then when if the players uh, destroy the the device in the van is it if they destroy the, the device that the ship goes down or does it go down automatically so what what ends up happening is the the device itself that's like a crystal that sends out emp waves it interferes with any electrical device including the migo ship so once the migo ship becomes or be, uh, gets within radius of the signals, it it ends up just crashing abruptly. And the actual uh, mechanism itself also causes uh, causes the the people in the van and the soldiers surrounding the van to instantly die. It like explodes their, their brains. brains. Yeah. Um. So then after the ship crashes, it turns out the pilot was Amigo, but he's he gets stuck in the ship. So he sends out puppets, which are um, basically what we know as aliens. Uh, they call them the Greys. They come to the base and hail the soldiers for help. And so they, they try to convince the soldiers to go back to the ship by lying to them and saying that their pet, their dog or something is injured. So... The soldiers go to the ship, and then the Migo goes nuts as soon as they free it and just escapes uh, using the greys as, as shields, basically, to, to fight the, uh, possibly fight the soldiers. So that's, uh, that's basically what happens. Then eventually help arrives um, because the destruction of the crystal also alerts um, some additional help that was nearby from Delta Green in case anything went bad. Well, so... Actually, uh, I think this is probably a good time to mention it. Um, so the group that comes in with the van and the and the crystal itself is Majestic, which is a antagonist force to Delta Green. Majestic basically is a organization that is in cahoots with the elder beings. They originally send out the the van to do basically like a field test with the device. Yeah, they're they're. The soldiers in the base were going to be casualties of this test. What they were really trying to do is to see if this device would be able to send out a pulse that could be used as a weapon against the Migo and and the Greys. And if anyone in the base died, they thought nobody would really care that much because they were all kind of castaways anyways from the military. So everyone's got these hidden motives. The Migo have the hidden motive that they're, you know, they're doing experiments and nobody knows about it. Um... Even Majestic didn't realize they were, they were doing a test, but without realizing that Migo were in the area. Oh, I think I think it specifically says that they do realize it, and they they're doing it kind of underhandedly, and they're using the the excuse that the military base is nearby. Oh, right. As a way to as a way to actually uh, mess with the Migos' plans. Uh, so the task force that that is with. Um, that is with Majestic is 
what they call a blue fly team, uh, which has like helicopters and transport planes in the nearby area ready to to basically rendezvous with the team and get them out of there in case things go bad. So it, it kind of devolves into just all these parties kind of keeping things from each other, which is interesting because the, the scenario is called PX Poker Night. And looking at it, you know, knowing everything that's going on behind the scenes, it, it's kind of like everybody's playing a poker game with each other, you know, because they, they all have these things that they're that they're trying to do that no one really knows about and they're trying to keep from each other, um, which causes the tensions to rise even more because the Migo have no idea what's going on. Majestic really didn't expect a lot of the things that happened um, with this with this device. And, of course, the people in the Air Force Base also uh, had no idea. Um, yeah, they're just completely oblivious to all of the stuff that's going on. They just assume the van is... Um, sent up by some higher ups. Yeah. So then, um, at the end, the soldiers that survive have a have a chance to get uh, inducted into the program, basically. Um, so that's why this is kind of an introduction for characters to come into Delta Green. Um, so the the good, I think, uh, for the scenario, the idea of the isolated Air Force Base in Nebraska, we talked about it, is reminiscent of the thing. I enjoyed the detail that the scenario lays out in regards to fleshing out the facilities in the Air Force Base, as well as the mental deterioration of the soldiers. It's really nicely outlined. It's like there's timestamps on when each event happens for each soldier's individual descent into madness. Yeah, I also like that it it individually lays out like by I think it's like two hour blocks. It lays out the whole the whole day essentially until until the crash. Which is really helpful for for newer handlers to kind of get a grasp on how to run scenarios for Delta Green. Yeah, I, I also appreciated the notes in appropriate sections that help with game mechanics. So, like, there's one, for example, where there's a location that has access to the roof. And the operation gives the information right there in that section of how how the mechanics work for falling off the roof or being pushed off the roof. So, it's quick and easy for reference, uh, which... Is a really good. It's a really good thing for handlers that are running the the scenario. Um, the charts that they give are super handy. The one that details all the weapons at the base and gives you like their damage, you know, the range, what skill is necessary to use those weapons. All that is super handy to have right there instead of referring you back to the, you know, to the the um, Delta Green uh, handlers guide or the players guide. So um, it's it's all in one place. So that's super handy. Um, I honestly, I wish other RPGs made adventures that that make it easy for game masters to to run like this. Because um, some, you know, we play D and uh, I have a group that plays on on Wednesdays, and there's a lot of adventures where they just refer you to stat blocks and things like that, and other pages and other books. And this having everything right there where you need it is super super handy. Yeah, I like also that the the layout itself like references different sections of of the scenario itself so it'll say like if this and this happens see section this and then you you flip to that page and it's all right there ready to go and it's nice too because it the layout the layout complements the formatting as well if that makes sense like the way that the the each section is structured kind of has like a a list so to speak like 
it'll say like okay like if if this happens then you then you know do these sets of things or have you know have the events occur in this manner mm-hmm. yeah yeah for example there's a section called the strange happenings um, it's great background for the operation. It's really good for game masters to give some of that information to players in order for them to flesh out their character. So there's a lot of tools within the adventure that will help you run it better and make it a smoother game. Um, so uh, when one, one of the other things that I have that I, that I liked when Sonnet arrives, Sonnet is the actual device the, that is brought inside the van. Um, the mystery is really well done. Um, very few Delta Green scenarios start off with characters who are just kind of going about their business when an event occurs like right in their backyard. In most operations, you're sent in after an event occurs. But in this case, you're part of that event that occurs before Delta Green is sent in. So it's kind of like a looking through a different lens, you know, of Delta Green. Um, so it feels really different. It's a great way to you know, to kind of change things up if you wanted to have something a little bit different in your Delta Green games. Um, the, also, the conspiracy behind Majestic, Blue Fly, Pluto, all these names, Sonnet, all these are in the adventure. I'm not going to kind of detail all of these, but it's really interesting. All their stories and background stories revolving their, their connections is really good, too. Um, the Migo involvement. You mentioned the Whisper in Darkness story earlier that's really cool i love migo <laughs> uh the way this operation uh involves like a series of parties different parties that are kind of all working different ways it it, it does the migo in a different way because they're kind of they're not the ones that are all knowing something happens that they didn't expect that the migo didn't expect and it catches them off guard so the migo are really just trying to run away here from <laughs> from all the things that are that are occurring um, and then they use the greys as puppets for it, for their for their quick getaway. Yeah, which is which is cool little like uh, Delta Green lore for for how aliens are interpreted within the or UFOlogy or whatever it's called within within the Delta Green universe. The uh, cool thing also is um, the greys are not they're just puppets of the Mio, so they're. In Delta Green, there's the Greys, and they're you know they're a special thing. But here, they're just puppets. They're being mind controlled by the Migo, and even though they're being controlled, the Migo aren't really the antagonists. They they're kind of an annoying party that just happened to <laughs> to be thrust into these events. So in most Delta Green scenarios, you know, humankind is they're the bad guys generally in Delta Green, and they're trying to tap into things that they don't fully understand and that causes a bigger issue. Uh, but ge- generally, there's always some unknown force kind of either pulling the strings or overall has control and the power. But in this case, the Migo have no control and no power over <laughs> over what's going on. So that was also really different. I like that. It kind of has that element, right? Like Majestic is is tampering with things that they probably shouldn't be tampering with. So it does have that little bit of like human hubris aspect to it. That's true. But in this case, they're in this case they're they're actively trying to not so much control it, but find a way to uh, destroy it when it, or have a way to just find something that would give them a way to destroy it if it ever came to that. Yeah, yeah. It the scenario kind of makes majestic out to try to like underhand their 
their alliance with uh, with the elder things and the alien forces that they've chosen to ally with, which is kind of an interesting aspect too. Rather than them just being subservient, they're actually trying to like gain the upper hand. Another thing I liked about it: the timeline of events that you mentioned. It's super, it makes everything so simple to track as as the events happen. Um, some some scenarios, even in Delta Green, are kind of complex, and they're, you have to jump around, you know, to, like, we're running one this weekend that's like that, where I have to do a ton of homework to, and take a ton of notes uh, to make sure I get everything right as far as events and how they happen, um, and all the parties involved, but this one makes it really simple. I like the, the manipulation of the players. Uh, it kind of gives the feeling of being the least knowledgeable people in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that, too. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, generally, like you kind of you in a Delta Green operation, you're going to something you don't know, but at least you you're in the know with with the fact that it's an unnatural event, you know. Yeah, yeah. In this, you have t- absolutely no idea. Yeah. The the Greys uh, when they come to the soldiers for help, it's it's really cool. You know, here's here's one thing. But let me rewind this for a second. The gray scene, right? When they approach the soldiers. It's can be really awesome if done well. It's something that I think maybe should have had a few more notes uh, on how to properly play that out. But, you know, everybody's group is different. Um, but uh, if you play it right, this can be really, really creepy because the grays really have a sinister ploy when they come to the, to the soldiers. They, they try to play up on human sympathies which makes them really feel alien to me, at least, you know, the fact that they know that humans have these sympathies towards animals and they claim their dog is injured. It's like it's unknowingly evil, but they're not trying to be evil. It's just that they don't have these same emotions, but they know that we do, you know? Yeah. And they they kind of play on the naivety of the soldiers as well, because they try to make them they try to make the greys childish, I guess. You know, they like they speak in very broken English. They they only answer in certain very cryptic ways. Yeah, they, it's just very strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to mention the grays in a second when I get to the neutral section. Um, but uh, but the positive for sure is that like it's it's interesting because if you if you do it right, it can really feel really feel like very alien and very sinister at the same time. Once you find out what they're really trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I like about this scenario, too, is that it leaves it leaves uh, the mysteries of the unnatural and the grays very open ended. So you, you could really continue on, like further investigating the grays and that conspiracy with the Migo. Yeah, it opens a lot of cans for sure for, you know, you, if you're running this as an intro to a campaign, there's many directions you can take it. You can take it into the majestic direction, into the Migo, into the grays. Definitely. And if you're going to the Migo, um, there's another great scenario for Delta Green called Extremophilia, which is really good. I ran it for my D&D group and they loved it. So if you want to continue the Migo stories, that that is a scenario I highly recommend as well. Not as a direct follow up, but definitely throw it in there. Um, the, the introductory nature of the scenario kind of makes me feel like it belongs in control group. But... Uh, the scenario control group is a book that that um, catalogs a few Delta Green scenarios that are meant to introduce characters into the program. 
So I feel like this one would belong there perfectly. But this one's going to be released in a book in a hardcover called Black Sights. In I think that, that also launches in November, right? Um, but yeah, we, uh, we, we looked at Control Group, um, and it's a really, really good book. Um, this was probably, I mean, this is an old scenario that they've, they cleaned up and freshened up for the modern Delta Green. Um, I wish it was part of that book because it, it looks, it feels like it fits in with that so perfectly, but Black Sites has a few scenarios. Like we, we ran, um, Ex Oblivioni and that's going to be in Black Sites. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I believe they're doing they're doing like a soft cover standalone version of this, and then Black Sites for those not in the know is is a collection of new and previously printed scenarios, kind of all in one large hardcover book. So here's here's the neutrals that I have for this scenario. I like the chart detailing the deterioration of the mental state of the player's characters, and it makes sense. But from a player perspective, I can see this kind of feeling a bit unfair. I, I really like that the breakdown of each character's sanity, sanity is outlined individually, so I do like that. But it feels, and it feels like the characters are very fleshed out, but I can totally see a player, especially newer players, who are given this and uh, may feel like, oh man, so this is going to happen no matter what to my character, you know? See, I don't, I don't think that. I think this, this is clearly not a handout. This is clearly meant for the handler to, to keep track of what happens throughout the rest of, with the rest of the, uh, the soldiers on the base, because it includes, it includes the sergeant major, or I believe it's sergeant major. Yeah, yeah. Non-player characters also descend. Um, as well, uh, I'm not talking about that chart. I think there's going to be like another image. I think Shane sent like an image in the folder that he sent us where it's like cutouts. But I, I could be wrong. I might have mis mis uh, read what that was meant to be. But uh, either way, uh, still, even without giving them the handouts, let's say just the deterioration that's that just happens without any rules, any sanity checks at all. It just happens can feel unfair you know to some people yeah yeah i get that criticism because the the emp waves or the the sonnet device itself is the one that's causing the deterioration in sanity and without without explicitly knowing what's going on that can feel pretty frustrating from a character perspective i can totally see where you're coming from in that regard yeah the, the easy way and the reason it's not bad for me it's a neutral is because you can mitigate this you you know just tell your players beforehand hey this scenario involves certain things that are going to happen to your characters it's a role play opportunity you know mm -hmm. <laughs> i think then, i think another way that you could kind of prevent that too is really foreshadow that happening like when the van first shows up on the base like really play up the fact that the characters start to get this really strange feeling about the van itself that's a really good idea actually that's doing doing a little bit of pre-like work would really help with that i think for sure um the mutiny so here's here's a big one <laughs> the the mutiny and the potential for players to coordinate an assault on sonnet and the van it's a cool idea as it's written I feel like a lot of players are going to attempt to 
to do this and <laughs> more than likely end up dead pretty early in the scenario. So it's it's a very fine line here. When If they try to attack the van and, and mutinize, they're fighting against high-powered weapons. And unless they go into the facilities where these weapons are, the, the soldiers aren't going to be armed initially. Not not with weapons that are going to be able to counteract high-powered, you know, assault rifles. Mm-hmm. There so, is there is some there is like a weapons storage closet. Yeah, that's on what the I mean. Base itself, but so they can go back and get those. But initially, they don't have weapons if they unless they think to do that. Yeah, I think that's more of a player issue, personally, than it would be than it would be like running it. Because like, yeah. as a player, I would imagine that okay, if I'm on an air if I'm on an Air Force base and I regularly like have have a weapon on me, that there must be a place where these weapons have to be put back. So so in theory, I would I would imagine that there's some sort of weapons closet. But I mean, that's just my experience as a player personally. So that that can that mileage may vary. Right, right. And that's the thing, like for for newer players who are fairly new to Delta Green and, and that kind of thing, they may not think of it or um, it, I think. What I'm getting at is it's not in the bad. So I'm not saying it's bad. It's just the potential is there. It's like when you have something in an adventure that's a, if things aren't done right, it's over, you know? And this feels like that. This feels like if the players just decide to mutinize because they have no choice, they're going crazy and they now know that it's this thing in this van and they have to get to it somehow unless they sneak and do it right it's the the adventure ends there they're going to get all killed possibly yeah one thing i would add too is that the device itself has a fail safe so the players will probably never actually get to the device you know they'll it'll be locked in the coffin before they even get into the van because of the fail safe that's within the the actual van itself so there's that too but once once it's in the once it's in the coffin itself, it does prevent further sanity loss. So, so that that is nice in that regard too. So you can continue further investigating on what's going on. Yeah, and um, Man from Lang mentioned we we were talking about the scenario because he briefly read it. He mentioned that he didn't he didn't understand why they wouldn't just go and and do that. Why why they would follow those orders? Because these soldiers are supposed to be soldiers who are who are known for not always following orders. But which is fair because someone he's an experienced game master. So if he feels that way, then, you know, I'm sure there's other people that are going to feel that way. But my take on that is um, these soldiers don't they're not um, not always following orders. You know what I mean? Like they follow orders. They just have broken the rules sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I would say, too, is like I would have the NCO be very threatening to court martial them if they don't follow orders. Yep. And and they know they're on their last leg, you know, as far as um, if they break the rules again, you know, they can be very, very seriously punished for that. So so that's what's going to keep them from doing that initially. Eventually, they have to make the decision, though, to, you know, because they're all going to die if they don't. So eventually and, and I think that's why the scenario makes them be kind of roguish, um, because something does need to push them to the edge. And I think when people start going mad and getting violent, that is that is that trigger for them to say, okay, I'm done following the rules. Now let's go ahead and move forward and figure out what the hell's going on, you know? But 
With that said, again, my last point on the neutral, right? That it actually ties into what we were just saying with what Men from Lane said. The scenario is great for introducing new agents to Delta Green at either the beginning of the campaign, the middle of a campaign, or after a total party kill, <laughs> and you want to get some new agents in. It works well as a one-shot. Um, so the soldiers themselves, yes, they follow some orders, but they have broken several rules. Why would Delta Green want to introduce them into Delta Green? Because it is extremely um, important that they keep these secrets and not tell anyone. And why would you why would you want someone who's known for breaking the rules and not caring about anything but pretty much themselves sometimes? Why would you want to introduce them into all these uh, all this knowledge about unnatural events in our world? Yeah, I think Delta Green specifically would recruit the players because they've seen things that they shouldn't have seen and they don't want, you know, they're doing it more for their own sake, right? Like I think Delta Green would probably recruit the players to make sure that they're not doing anything like spreading the word or anything like that. Even if it probably would, you know, ruin them professionally speaking. Yeah. I mean, there's ways Delta Green can handle it, though. You know, like they, they don't have to recruit them. They could just Delta Green on many, many instances, you know, <laughs> they've ruined people's careers. They make them sound crazy or whatever, or they make them disappear. So... You know, I guess maybe introducing them to Delta Green, but then keeping a close eye on them because they are known to be more more roguish. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a pretty fair explanation for why Delta Green would want to to have them be a part of the program. And that, I think one thing, too, about that is that you don't necessarily know whether they're joining the program or whether it's the outlaws recruiting them. You know, I think you could you could leave that up to the handler. Oh, true. That's a good point. So, yeah, there's always that aspect, too. Like, in Delta Green, there's the program, which is the officially sanctioned portion um, by the United States government. And then there's the Outlaws, which is kind of a... Uh, not a rogue faction, but they're... I guess it is kind of a rogue faction. They're They're part of the original Delta Green during the 1960s that... Um, that continued to do the work of Delta Green when when the fall of Delta Green happened in 1970. Yeah. They're not part of the government conspiracy. They're their own thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then as far as... So that's new characters getting into Delta Green. Now new players playing Delta Green. Um, in a way, this scenario, I feel like it makes it easy for the players uh, because there's pre-generated characters... And they're not part of Delta Green, so they don't have to like be th be given all this knowledge and all this information. On the other hand, because this scenario doesn't play out like a typical Delta Green operation, um, there's li very little in terms of investigation. It's like uh, Man from Lang was saying, it's like a, a series of events that happen and then the characters kind of react to those events. There's only a few things that the players can actually do to change the outcome of the events. The, although the things they can do are pretty important, there, there's like two or three major choices that they have. But for the most part, uh, as a new player, it makes it easy. But at the same time, it's not a true um, display of what a, a typical Delta Green operation feels like. Yeah, my I guess my one biggest criticism of this scenario is that it can you you could play this in an hour, I think, which. 
maybe is more of like an elongated vignette than it is anything else if that's the case because i think it's really dependent on how how much your your player is actually one to role play yeah i was gonna say that yeah yeah where if they're newer players they may not understand that delta green is much more focused on those aspects of an rpg game like yes combat is very tactical but you're likely to die in two or three rounds because the soldier sitting next to the van is just going to pop like 16 rounds into you into a single round so (laughs) so i have a few things that i that i think uh, are in the more negative side uh, regarding the the scenario, so we talked about the you know the soldiers and their and their disobeying of orders uh, and then being recruited into Delta Green. I guess that would be more of a neutral thing instead of bad because it it just depends on the on how it's handled by the handler. Um, the Grays. So we were talking about the Grays earlier. Um, this one is it feels really difficult to make it work. Um, along with the tone of Delta Green, the standard tone that generally you want to emit as a handler. It's the, that dark kind of unknowing conspiracy tone. So as a handler, the feel of the greys is pretty obvious. You know, they're helpless pawns um, for the Sinister Migo. To a player, you know, I can see it being difficult to make this kind of dynamic work very well. Um, I think the scenario could have benefited a bit more from with with more information on how to approach this this particular issue it would have definitely been appreciated if they wrote down more like a whole paragraph on how to present the the grays how to best portray them and describe them to the players because as it's written inexperienced game masters can end up making this feel a little too cartoonish you know and for some groups that's fine yeah i got that impression too it, it's just like we're so ingrained in this alien um, you know, this image of aliens these days, and they've become such a kind of staple of pop culture and this cartoony kind of look to them, as opposed to a more sinister, unknown being that exists that we have no idea existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on that on that same note with the Grace too, I think, like, as a player, I think it would be very hard to convince them to leave the air force base yeah for a dog yeah you know like like yeah like i think that that's a very strange aspect to it like i get i get that the Migo is like controlling the grays and having them having them say things and try to like get the players to help the Migo out of the ship but it, it feels a little forced like it feels kind of very railroading. Yeah, definitely railroady. That's a good word for it. Yeah, like I could see the players trying to, you know, like they see the crash site, or they see, you know, they see the ship crash, and then they go and check the ship out, and then from there, you could have the Migo, like have the Greys kind of be puppets, I guess, at that point. But it feels strange that the the Greys would like go all the way to the base and try to like convince the players to help them yeah yeah it it's just um it's strange because yeah the the players at this point in the adventure have just experienced a bunch of people just get their brains blown out by this mysterious force 
and uh, a spaceship that fell. Like, there's all these things happening. And now they're approached by these beings that they didn't even know existed. And the way the beings are getting them to go with them <laughs> is that their dog is hurt. Like, Yeah, it feels it feels out of place. I would, it would definitely yeah. agree with you there. <laughs> like, if I saw an alien, and that's not even counting all these other events that happened. If I'm just outside my apartment and an alien walks, I'm running the other way, right? Right. Like, especially <laughs> if they're asking me to go with them. No way, dude. I, you know, throw in the other factors of all the people that died, the ship that crashed, you know, people going crazy. Like, it just feels like like a lot to ask with a very, very almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it's not a compelling enough reason to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dog is hurt, you know? I love the I love the idea behind it, but I think that needs a little tweaking. Um, and, you know, regarding the grays, a, a experienced handler can make it work. And I think when they wrote the adventure, they had something else, you know, they had something in their minds as to how the grays presented themselves. Um, but as a, as someone who's reading the adventure, our experiences with, you know, alien culture and stuff, we get a different feel from it than what the author intended, I think. Um, and then throw in the fact that they actually are talking, that they're speaking in English. I know if I ran this, I probably wouldn't do as much of that either because it takes away from the mystery of the, you know, in the, in the, yeah, the uh, unknowingness of them. Yeah. I think... I think like if I was to run this, I would probably, you know, I'd play up the crash itself. Like if the if the investigators get or uh, investigators, well, speaks to my Call of Cthulhu experience. If the if the agents end up going to the actual van itself, like depending on when the time frame of them going there is, they're going to see the crash, right? And I yeah. think most players are going to go, "Oh, let's go there." Yeah. I think that's just kind of a very intuitive thing to begin with. For sure. And maybe make it, since it's nighttime, not not entirely clear that it's a spaceship. Maybe make them feel like it's some vehicle that they might be able to use to get away. Yeah, I mean, I like, you could easily play that off. Like, it's traveling so fast when it crashes that you're not really able to get a good glimpse of it. And you, you could just say, like, oh, there's some blinding light. So, like, all you really see is just this shape and the light and then all of a sudden you just hear a loud boom and crash. Yeah. So so these are a few things that I think could use a little bit of, you know, fine tuning. It's not bad, but it definitely is something you should keep an eye on when you're prepping the the scenario, I think, because I I have a feeling this might be a, a point in the adventure that that could uh derail it or if it's not done properly, it could create some issues. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Vase. Um, and then the, the other thing that I think is kind of, um, not so much too bad, but if you intended to insert this in the middle of a campaign, it's not going to work. Um, this scenario is unless your goal is to introduce like new agents to the program. So if you have an existing agent and you'd like to play this, you really won't be able to and make it work. So it, it wouldn't fit narratively and unless you make a ton of adjustments. So you know, it, that's not what the adventure is intended for, so I'm not going to ding the adventure for that, but just something that you should be aware of. This isn't just an operation that you can pick up and get your existing Delta Green group and say, hey, bring your characters, let's play this adventure, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. This is definitely intended to be an introductory scenario, either to a campaign or played as a one-shot. Yeah, and we mentioned Control Group. There's plenty of adventures that do that. Like, Sick Again is fantastic, 
and it does the same thing like it just wouldn't fit well like that it's not that it's bad it's just that you need to be aware of that if you plan on running it for your group yeah i think a lot of delta green scenarios kind of have that that structure to them or as like i feel like D D adventures you could easily just plop the you know you can change the name and place of certain npcs or whatever and have it easily fit into whatever you're doing at the time but delta green scenarios are very specific especially due to the structure of like the military and the fbi and usually all the agencies that the the agents come from it's hard to it's hard to narratively get those things to align unless they're kind of shoehorned into this particular circumstance yeah yeah. So, um, so overall, final thoughts on on this scenario, Nate? Uh, I like it. I really, I really like the premise behind it, and I like, I like that it kind of differentiates itself from typical Delta Green scenarios by being a a series of events that happens to the players rather than something happening in the players investigating it afterward. Yeah, I I agree with you. I like how different it is. I like. Um, a lot of different aspects of it, the different conspiracies that are happening at the same time, the name PX Poker Night, because it feels like a poker game to me. The Migo are playing their own hand and the Majestic is playing their own. So I, I like that aspect of it. It's a meta thing that's like a nice little wink. Um, I like the the Descent into Madness, the very descriptive and um, very specific to each soldier and how they, how they go into into the deterioration of their minds uh, is really well done. Uh, the the timestamps, how easy it is for handlers to run this because they give you all the tools that you need within the the operation. Uh, overall, I, I really like it a lot. I think I would put it, uh, if we're going like A, B, C, D, F, I would give it a, a B. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid rating. One last criticism that I have, too, is I wish that the scenario had more ways for the players to at least uncover some sort of tidbit about Majestic itself so you could kind of easily open that can. Yes, yes. That You know, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, I mean, their, their curiosity surrounding it, I think most of these soldiers are definitely going to be sparked to to dig deeper because they've uncovered a top layer of this conspiracy surrounding Majestic and this mysterious device. And I think most people aren't just going to let that go, especially not soldiers that are used to breaking the rules. They're going to be like, okay, what the hell is going on? I need to find out because now people are dead. My friends are dead. All these strange things happening. I want to know more. So I think you're right. I, I wish there was a little bit more of that, too. And I, I don't think it would be very difficult for a handler to to interject those things, though. Like, maybe you just... It doesn't need to be a lot, either. It just needs to be, like, one thing that says Majestic on it. Like, maybe the maybe the uh, the agents, like, go to the van, and then they, they open the door, and maybe a clipboard, like, says the word Majestic on it or something like that. And the players are like, what the hell is this? And then they don't learn anything else about it. Yeah, that would be awesome. But I do I do also really like that this serves as a way for agents to get into Delta Green. Whereas I think a lot of, a lot, at least a lot of these scenarios that we've played, the the characters are already a part of Delta Green. And that can, that can make each individual character kind of feel disjointed from one another. Whereas I really like that this scenario 
is structured the way it is because it makes each player feel connected to one another. Yeah, they bonded through this these events, crazy <laughs> events that happened to them. That is, that's our deep dive into PX Poker Night. Look for it in November and uh, look for Black Sites, the book that it's going to be in as well. If you just want to get this scenario, it will be available in uh, paperback and um, digital form on um, drivethroughrpg.com. And the Black Sites as well will be hardcover as well as digital form on drivethroughrpg or ArcDream publishing's website which we'll link in the show notes yeah and we also just again want to give a huge thanks to dennis and shane and the rest of the people from arc dream publishing for letting us review this scenario ahead of time this was definitely a lot of fun and we're looking forward to reviewing other scenarios in the future yep absolutely all right everybody thank you very much for joining us for this review and uh, we'll see you again very soon Thank you.